0: today we have a bonus episode for you yes this is another short
1: one we're recording these just in case uh we can't record full episode anymore in case we're fully quarantined locked down in our house
0: and there's no chance of us being able to record another one we figured we'd get a couple ready
1: yeah so this isn't going to be a super long episode but uh we are just going to talk a bit about um the mandalorian if you don't know what the mandalorian is Warning: We are probably going to spoil a lot of the plot. We'll try our best not to, but we probably still will. So we just want to talk about Mandalorian, Star Wars in general, all that good stuff. What it means
0: for Star Wars and uh, where the franchise is headed.
1: Yeah. Um. So we've both watched all of
0: the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I, I watched the it. whole season. I loved like it. Like I loved weekly. it. Yeah. Me too, man. I think it's uh by far the best thing that has come out of Star Wars since Disney has purchased that property.
1: Well, it's. I would. I would definitely agree. And it's the first live-action Star Wars TV show that's yeah, it's ever f- existed. it's the
0: first time there's ever been Star Wars on, on TV.
1: Well, that's not true, because they had the animated Star Wars. Oh, yeah, like the Clone Wars just, and stuff. Yeah, I'm just saying this is the first like live-action. Live. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: and I think, I think it's really well done. For those of you who don't know, uh, the Mandalorian follows the bounty hunter as he travels across the universe. And that's where Baby Yoda comes from. Mm-hmm. You've probably seen Baby Yoda memes all over the
0: internet. Everywhere, inescapable
1: and he's so cute
0: yeah if you watch the show he goes from this thing that you see on the internet and hate to like an actual character that you you enjoy the presence of yeah but the memes have uh have really fucked him up for a lot of people
1: yeah the memes have kind of taken over um but uh the show not the memes the show the show is amazing a couple things i love about the show are the way that and this is just a very subtle thing, the way that we never see the main character's face. Mm-hmm. Um, Until, like, the end, I think. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. one of the final episodes. And I, I think that's really cool because uh, we kind of dive into the Bounty Hunter lore. Like, we've seen those Bounty Hunters before, as Boba Fett and Jango Fett, but we don't really know a whole lot about them, unless you're an avid Star Wars fan. You read the comics and, and the all books that and... stuff. and mm-hmm. But as someone who isn't an avid Star Wars fan like that, at least... Um, it's very cool to kind of dive into that culture of bounty hunting and that side of Star Wars that is kind of on the brink of—is it bad or is it good?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always been so briefly touched upon. Like, yeah, you know, like um, Boba Fett's such a popular character yet at the same point in time is in, like, two movies and then dies, and he never really does anything. I think anything. he's only in one. Isn't is he only it, in one? Is it, um, yeah, it might only be Return of the Jedi. I
1: think he's only in Return of the Jedi. I might yeah. be wrong because I know he dies in Return of the Jedi.
0: It's just the imagery, I think, oh, wait. of him. Sorry. No, he no. is
1: in two Um, because he's in the prequel one, but he's a kid. Yeah. Um, And it's Jango Fett. Mm-hmm. It's his dad.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, But, it's it's yeah, it's it's cool to see what being a Mandalorian is like what being a bounty hunter entails in the Star Wars universe because for so long we've seen the bounty hunters on the side they've basically just been standing around like people who are more powerful and then they die and that's basically been it Uh, it's cool to dive into what being a Mandalorian is Mm -hmm. and that whole like just like you said like the whole culture behind it and just everything about it and all the you know
1: yeah like the entire community of that is very cool to see and get put into a story because, as we know, bounty hunters are pretty uh, lonely people. Like, it's not like they have families and stuff. They kind of go off on their own. But to see the fact that um, he comes back to this huge hive mind of people uh, and whatever he makes from any job, he always brings back to, like, the main person. I can't remember her name. is very cool to see. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think as a TV series, it's very awesome, like adventure that they've gone on. Where I'm really excited for the second season because it left us on a big cliffhanger. Where it's like, well, where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. And and it's nice because it's not like it's not like the classic like, oh, a big event just happened and you're not gonna see the resolution until the, se- the next season. It's yeah, they now they... like they give you that big ending and it's like well now where do we go
0: then they set up a couple things and then it ends yeah exactly Um, so I think I'm really excited for season two me too and I think that season two will get the chance to fix some of the only flaws that the first season had Mm -hmm. in my opinion one of the big flaws that I had mainly the only flaw that I had with the first season is too much of the episodes felt like adventure of the week yeah where he goes off and he does an adventure he does this and then goes back to the ship and then yada yada uh, I felt like the grand scheme of the plot only started coming in around the fifth or sixth episode. And yeah. there's like eight or nine episodes. So, I think it's
1: – I would agree and disagree with that because I definitely think there are some episodes where it feels like that and they just don't work. Like, like the, the Prison Break the one? Prison Break episode? Yeah, that episode's not good. Which sucks because I love uh, Bill Burr's in that episode.
0: And I love Prison Breaks.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, but then you break the dude out of first and he goes, sister.
0: And she's like, brother.
1: And you're like, what is happening?
0: It's a little um, cringe.
1: No, I, I. The reason why I would disagree with that is I think since he is a bounty hunter, it makes sense. You know? Yeah. Like, he, it, it feels. For me, it feels less of like go do a thing come back to the ship and it feels like he's doing jobs to that's try just him. that's just like that's the life he's living mm-hmm. Um, and we get to go along with him on that life but I did like when it gets into that super overarching story and it gets really into like once we get into like the last couple episodes how they all kind of combine to be one big event yeah I think that's really cool I think it's like the last three yeah like one
0: big event and I, I love that uh Taiko Waititi directed the final episode of that season did you know yeah. that yeah mm-hmm. It's so well done. I love Taka Waititi. It's like the one episode he did, and I could feel his like tone. You like, feel his presence. Yeah. I mean, he, he's in it as a robot, too. But one of my favorite things about Mandalorian is the fact that it's basically a Western in the Star Wars world. It's a
1: space cowboy Western. Yeah,
0: man. Like that When that score kicks in at the beginning of each episode, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm full-on ready. I'm like, okay, here we go. It's like, dum, 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 dum. And, and You're th- like, yeah. Yeah, I love I love. Basically, in the very first scene of the show, he's dragging somebody with like a a, a rope, like yeah. th- through the de- like desert. It's it's cool, and it feels like if you took a western and you just put all the Star Wars lore into it, mm-hmm. and it works so well. Like one thing that Star Wars doesn't realize about their franchise is they're in drastic need of change. Yeah, they keep trying to hold on to the past. They keep trying to hold on to the things that they've like, the characters that they've had, but one thing that they don't realize is what would work best for the series is to just tell singular stories. Like, let directors who are experienced with that sort of thing do singular space storytelling and do it in different places of the galaxy, at different time frames of the galaxy, and that's the best way for Star Wars to go now, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, well, like, I think one of the biggest problems with the new movies is the fact that they hold on to the past too much. And, like... That story is played out. That story is done. Mm-hmm. It was done in the first three movies and then the prequels came out and that was kind of its own story, but it's still linked so it kind of still worked. But then the like the last three movies rely on you knowing um, those first three movies mm-hmm. And so it makes you it, it takes that like that uh, thing away from those that those thir- first three movies had. Where it's just, just this story about these guys in space and they're trying to save the galaxy. And So I definitely agree with the fact that Star Wars has now built its universe. It has set up everything. Now it has the freedom to like make these new stories that don't really connect, but maybe a little bit. They dip in just a touch. Yeah. And you see things like, oh, I remember that from Star Wars. But they have the freedom now to do whatever they want.
0: Yeah, it seems they're taking the MCU route with it where it's all sort of barely connecting, but, like, o- like telling their own story, but also connecting to a grander universe at the same time, it seems that they're doing that because they just hired Kevin Feige, the guy who basically orchestrated all of the MCU, yeah. to now be a part of the Star Wars universe. So it seems that that's pretty clearly where they're headed. But, like, the biggest problem with the new trilogy is they want you to view these new characters, like Finn and Ray and Poe, as a great, like, group, and they want you to like them, but then the entire time you're being you're getting like nostalgia shoved down your throat and it's like they're like it's like they can't tell if they want you to like the new characters more or spend time with the old characters more yeah and they can't they 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 didn't walk a good line at all of like balancing it yeah like it feels like that entire trilogy is just like hey you guys feel nostalgic yet it's like they tried to pass the torch but in passing the
1: torch they also like tried to pass the rest of the team along with it mm-hmm. like they didn't properly give it that break off mm-hmm. it was like Oh, here's these new movies, but Luke and Leia and Han are still there. Yeah, they're just like now slowly passing the torch, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think it would have been done a lot better if they had just passed the torch. And as much as I don't like, or I I don't dislike the movie, as much as I don't mm-hmm. love Last Jedi. Yeah, I think that one of the coolest things that that movie does is set up the idea of, like, moving forward. Like, I'm about to spoil it, but the scene with Luke and Yoda sitting around the tree and burning all of the Jedi text? Yeah. That scene works so well because it's essentially Yoda and Luke saying, like, fuck the past. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's move on. If they're truly a Jedi, they have it in them sort of thing. And just, it's so contradictory. Like, the entire message they're trying to send and then the message that they end up sending in Rise of Skywalker because Last Jedi is like, move forward, forget about the past, forge your own life, and then... Rise of Skyward's like is like Ray is a Palpatine. Everything is connected to every Star Wars movie you've ever ever seen.
1: Yeah, it's like move forward with your life. But remember the past is still there. It's still like, here.
0: What do you want me to do? Palpatine's like, I'm back. Yeah. Um it doesn't work.
1: But I think I think the direction that they're going now, where it's more singular movies and we get those single stories of like um that's not connected to anything else, I think that's a really good direction to go in. Because we see that done in the MCU where it's these superheroes we know, but they have their own stories, and then they band together mm-hmm. in Avengers and stuff like that. And that's cool to see, but we also like to see their own stories.
0: Yeah. That's what they need to do is they need to give you these characters, and you need to spend time with these new characters. They can't just be throwing characters around like with Rose Yeah, and all the other characters that they try to set up in the new trilogy. You can't just be throwing these characters around and being like, hey, they're new. Like them? Mm -hmm. It's like you can't just roll the dice like that. Like You need to actually build this world and like these new characters. I mean they built the world. But the characters, they need to have a connection to the audience.
1: Yeah, it's hard when you've got a movie that already has a – is bringing new characters in and has old characters still there. Mm -hmm. Because then you have way too many characters and you can't properly give the new ones their own story.
0: Or the old ones. Or
1: the old ones their own story. Because then it's like – Oh, we don't have enough time to do that, so let's just kind of shove it all in there, and then it doesn't
0: really work. And then if they try and take the time to do that, it just comes out messy, and it feels like they didn't have their priorities in line.
1: Yeah. Um, But I I personally am excited for where Mandalorian's going for season two. Me too. And I'm excited to see all the new stuff that they're going to have with the new Star Wars movies. I love Star Wars. I watched them as a kid. I think I still have them all on DVD. Mm Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah I, I loved Star Wars growing up I, I watched them all and just recently I rewatched the entire first six I haven't rewatched the Disney ones yet mm-hmm. but I need to get around to that Star Wars is a, a, a big franchise for for a lot of people and to see you know it get butchered well not butchered That's not it's not that bad Yeah, but to see it not live up to what anybody wanted it to come back to be mm-hmm. is a bummer and I think that's why they've now realized that their best approach is things like Mandalorian with how popular it was it was huge yeah that show was so big like everybody was watching even star wars people who weren't star wars fans were like you guys see this new mandalorian show
1: i think that was why most people bought disney plus it was i canceled mine after i still have it but like i literally had a discussion the other day with my family i was like who's watching anything on disney plus these days yeah they're
0: like no no one i'll get it back when all the mcu shows come out and more star wars shows but Yeah, after Mandalorian ended, I was like, well, see you in a year, Disney+. Plus." Yeah,
1: it's like, oh, we've got all these good classic Disney movies, but, like... I've seen them all. There's nothing new. Yeah. It's the only thing.
0: Um, But, yeah. Yeah. Season 2, I think... I have a theory. I just want to set it up now in case I'm right and (laughs) it ends up happening. I have a theory. Around the sixth episode, you hear uh, a dude with, like, dog tags, like, jangling on his hip, Mm -hmm. walking up and picking up something off of one of the characters who died in like the sixth episode i can't remember who she was but yeah anyways that jingling is boba fett and like throughout those movies you can always hear that like jingling whenever he's walking and it's the same sound that's heard at the ending of that episode of the mandalorian really and like it's not just me like there's people online who think that boba fett lived falling in falling into a what's it called oh um you the sarlacc pit sarlacc yeah yeah People have a theory that he lived and that he's actually going to be the grand bad guy in Mandalorian. It's like it's going to be him versus Boba Fett, which would be unreal. That'd be interesting to see. And he there, he does live in comics. Like in, in books, there's a storyline where Boba Fett lives falling into that pit and he gets out. I think that would make sense
1: because I think a, like a motivation behind that could possibly be the fact that the Mandalorian like messes up the entire tribe's like home base and they end up getting in a huge fight and like he could come back as like um upset by that but also he's now working for the sith mm-hmm. and so they've probably hired him to go hunt him yeah um but yeah i i think that's a solid theory
0: because it's yeah i mean if you think about what baby yoda is like maybe they know the connection i think it's they want to try and stop it
1: i think i don't know about you but i think it's the one and only Dark Lord, don't Jar Jar <laughs> Like, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, no, I'm kidding.
0: Darth Jar Jar, the best theory to ever come to the Star Wars franchise.
1: But yeah. Um, I don't. Do you have anything else to say about Star Wars Mandalorian?
0: All that stuff. Uh, yeah, I think season two is going to be a more focused storyline. Mm-hmm. That's just like I. I feel like a lot of people have been saying that. I feel like they're going to open up a bigger, grand scheme storyline soon. Yeah, but. Yeah, no, I guess about the Mandalorian, not much more. Oh, actually, uh, Ahsoka. Do you know the character Ahsoka Yeah, from Clone Wars? Uh She was just cast in Season 2 of Mandalorian. Oh, that's not surprising. So they're adding her character to the show, so it seems like they're taking it into a little bit more of a Jedi route.
1: I wonder if the Mandalorian will join the Resistance.
0: Yeah, could you imagine?
1: I could see it happening, because what better place to take a young, tiny, alien Yoda thing that's being hunted all over the galaxy... By the bad guys, than to the good guys. Mm -hmm. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, So maybe that will be it, or maybe the Resistance will be looking for Baby Yoda, or whatever the heck. I keep calling Baby Yoda, but it's not Yoda.
0: The child.
1: The child.
0: I I feel like season two is going to open up a lot more connections to the Star Wars canon and franchise. Like, first season, it has its connections, but it's pretty independent. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the second season is still going to stay pretty independent. I think Disney has realized that that's their best bet. But I think it's going to have little connections like like with Ahsoka being you know, Anakin's apprentice. Yeah. That's a pretty cool character to throw in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. So I think they're, they're going to start opening up to minor wil- world building Yeah, that connects to the others but without going too far. Well, yeah. I think you can do
1: that. I think that makes sense where you bring in characters that are – because they're all connected somehow to mm-hmm. the main storyline. Um, but I think doing that where it's bringing them into their own story and then connecting them later – makes much more sense than connecting them and then having their own story. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, and I'm, I'm excited for that as well. I think that'll be super cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, to close it off, I think that The Mandalorian is essentially the wake-up call that Disney needed for what they need to do with Star Wars. I I agree. And I think that's why it's so interesting to talk about as fans of Star Wars is because we've watched this franchise not give anybody what they want for so long, and now they've accidentally gave people what they want, and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, more of this.
1: Oh, uh, okay. I guess I guess we'll do this now.
0: Yeah. So I think that going forward, we're going to get a lot more singular, separate parts of the galaxy, separate characters, separate time frames, Yeah. doing their own thing to fit in the puzzle pieces that we already, uh, from the universe that we already know. So movies that take place around the first and second and third, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh. and fourth, five and six and stuff too. No,
1: yeah, I definitely agree. And I think it'll be really cool to see where Disney takes that, um, whether it'll be in the MCU direction where they kind of have a bunch of new ones and then they all band together or something or whatever they end up doing with that. But I think this is a good starting point
0: Mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. It's them trying to repair the damage that they've done from the, uh, sequel trilogy.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It's them realizing like, Oh, we're sort of sorry.
1: Yeah. Maybe we should, uh, maybe we should do something that the audience likes. Yeah. Um, yeah. well, that was our little uh, uh, Mandalorian episode.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, tune in next week or whenever this drops, I don't know, to hear our next episode. And thanks for listening to our little bonus one.
0: Oh my god, there's an Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show coming out.
1: <gasps> oh, we didn't even... Okay. I
0: forgot to mention that. Hold
1: the brakes, we ain't stopping yet, just kidding.
0: Yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. With Ewan McGregor playing him.
1: Yeah, which I think is uh, amazing.
0: Yeah, so that's like another example of them like realizing what they we need like what people want
1: yeah and I think that works because we've seen old Obi-Wan Kenobi so a young I mean we've also seen young Obi-Wan Kenobi but getting that um filling in those gaps that Mm. makes more sense um to me for like older characters like that
0: I'm assuming it's going to take place between uh three and four right like prior to New Hope probably i'm assuming i don't know where else they'd stick it. yeah we've seen ewan mcgregor play him through like basically other every other stage of his life
1: and we're not going to see like a, him as a kid yeah exactly cuz why would they
0: be bring him back
1: and also he's ewan mcgregor at this yeah. point so he's like pretty mo- pretty older I, how old is ewan mcgregor uh, mid 40s something like that yeah but yeah i anyway, know i'm excited for that i totally forgot about that
0: yeah see and that's just another example of like how i think they're finally getting their priorities straight yeah, and realizing like where people want this to head, is people just want self-contained stories. I think doing a Star Wars horror movie would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I have a couple ideas about that, but you know, I, it's a story for a different time. Yeah, I just I think that there's a lot of places they could take it, and they could they could do so many different genres. Like the galaxy's a big fucking place, man.
1: Literally, and there's a lot of people in that galaxy that they yeah. can just follow. Like, for example, the Star Wars video game, the Force, or What is it? Um, Fallen Order. Fallen Order. That's amazing because it is a totally uh, separate story where we only actually get one character. I'm not going to say because it spoils the ending. Mm-hmm. Where we only actually get one character from the main series at mm-hmm. all. But it's super cool because we still get that Star Wars feel.
0: And then there's like Force Unleashed too, which is like the... Older Star Wars games with, like, Darth Vader's Apprentice. Even that you could spin and make into, like, a fun show. Yeah, exactly. They just need to realize now that what works most is Mm self-contained. They need to stop being like, but what about the past? Guys, remember Luke Skywalker and and Han Solo and Chewbacca? We had a lot of fun with them. It's like, like,
1: yes, I do remember them. And I could have a lot of fun with them if I rewatched those movies. But their
0: stories are done.
1: Yeah, it's over, man. So. But, yeah, that's the end of episode now thank you for uh, listening to our extra episode you can find us on our Instagram at the Dive In Movie Podcast you can find our individual Instagrams I am at Wesley underscore Giffen and I am at Hayden Kutras and you can find us also on Letterboxd with the same names
0: thanks for listening we'll see you on the uh, on the next episode of the Dive In Movie Cast
1: and may the force be with you
0: Jeff.